in pursuit of exploring creative outlets and perspective. Join me on this journey. Wait, what was I saying? Ah, who cares? This is Dandemonium Podcast. Are you guys ready for the greatest podcast there ever was? Hello? Is the mic on? Mic check? Mic check? <laughs> if anybody ever asks me, Dan, what is it like to podcast? My only reply is that, have you ever imagined yourself as a beginner comedian going up once a week on open mic night and just bombing the shit out of it every week? Well, that's kind of what it feels like, but that's all good. Until I hear you guys laughing through the fucking speakers, there's just continually more and more stuff that I have to learn to do and be better and push forward. Welcome to the 34th episode of the Dandemonium podcast. I would like to give a big thank you to the five new subscribers that I've had since I released the previous two episodes. And I figured the first thing is to go out into the social media tubes and share the channel see what I get, and then eventually advertise the channel once I gain a certain amount of content, maybe a dozen videos. That would be awesome. And uh, just see where it goes. And thank you to the, the likes. Thank you to the views. Everybody that has checked out the channel so far, I really, really appreciate it. I am pre-recording the episode, so it's actually November 29th currently for me. So I'm, I'm talking to you. By the time you hear this, it will be December 6th. And I will be talking to you from the past. I have to get used to that because I want to try to pre-record and have good content, spend a little more time on it. And that's the sacrifice that I make for this stuff, man. That's the sacrifices I make for creativity. That's the sacrifices I make to try and put out continually better content for you. It's not for me. It's for you. It's not me. It's you. How many times have you used that saying? It's not you. It's me. I swear, it's me. You're perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with you. That's why I'm leaving you. I'm dumping your ass because it's me. I got issues. And that truly could be the case because I don't care who you are. Everybody has issues. And we all might have our own issues, but we all have issues is the point. So it could be me. It's always me. If you truly believe that and there's stuff that you recognize and you want to work on, hey, that's personal growth right there. I had a saying to myself, or I had something that I had come up with a while back, and I truly believe this to this day, and that is, we're all crazy in our own way. Like, you're weird if you're not a little distorted. <laughs> I don't know if that's a distorted view of everything, but that's what I've thought for, like, a long time, so I'm just going to run with that. And my apologies, I continually complain on this channel about how much time this thing takes, and it's not complaining, I just want people to be aware that uh, I don't know I, I try not to uh, talk about it too much but aside from that you know it's the sacrifices that I make for the creativity and there's one thing that is a bit unsettling and that's having so much focuses I'm continually denying myself the opportunity to meet a nice lady and that's that's upsetting to me and not only that the state that we're in the state itself of Illinois is denying me to even leave my home you know, stay the fuck home, don't gather, don't sing, don't dance, don't talk, wear a mask. As a matter of fact, don't breathe. 
but with that can breathe new life, new ideas, new, uh, new ways to go about life in this new normal. Like I'm going to start a dating site called My COVID Companion. <laughs> if you're positive, you can connect with other positives on a level of one to five on a symptom chart. The level ones can hook up, spend two weeks quarantined together. Maybe someone that lost their job and home can link up with someone that still has their home, you know, looking for the homeless companion. There would be uh, fields that you can mark off depending on your personal situation, just like any dating site. It's very similar in that respect. They can enjoy their time in quarantine together in their own space, enjoying takeout, Netflixing, getting to know each other, talking about the miseries that 2020 has gifted them, but knowing that they will both likely make it through. Those are level ones. And if they choose to stay together or depart after those two weeks, that's an option. And you go into that contract accordingly and knowing this. And the level fives, it's a little bit more serious. Well, the level fives, they don't make it. But it's a love story because they don't make it together. They connect. They're in the same room, same cold, stark white room, bright lights, each in their own bed, but holding hands as they pass. It's a love story. I mean, what more beautiful is that, really? Two people that don't know each other, on the, can't see their family, they're cooped up in a hospital room. Why not bring on a COVID companion? somebody that they've never met. And the whole thing with this virus, a big part of it, I guess, is the viral load, they say, which is how much for the extent of time that you're exposed to the actual virus. This is better than Romeo and Juliet. This is the 2020 greatest love story of all time, where they're continually, they're not wearing a mask or anything, so they're continually feeding each other the virus. And then they both get to a point of viral load where they're succumbed to the virus. This is better than Romeo and Juliet. It's a goddamn 2020 love story. If you're negative, then a message just pops up that says, come back when you're COVID positive, you loser. I firmly believe that everybody eventually will be COVID positive at one point or another. It just all depends on how much it affects you, everybody. You know, science. I bet you there are some people out there that actually think that saying science makes them smarter. They could say anything. Like, did you know that the cities are being overrun with Siberian tigers? You know, science. Why don't you do some research? I don't know about you guys, but is anybody else a little nervous? A little scared about our future? What is the next thing that you think will be the next high contributing factor to a change in the way that we live? Whether it's a positive or a negative. This could be cloning. It could be Elon Musk's Neuralink. The implant in the brain? Could it be a civil war? Quick tangent. I was recently listening to the Tim Dillon podcast featuring a guest, Candace Owens. Now, Candace Owens is a very smart lady, and she has said since the beginning, around February, apparently, that there's high potential that there is going to be irregularities and he's going to win the elections through the Supreme Court. Donald Trump, that is. And one of the sparks that can happen uh, to create and initiate a civil war is Trump winning the election. It actually going to the Supreme Court and winning the election through the Supreme Court, and the left will just lose their goddamn minds because Joe Biden has already been declared the winner, and in their eyes, that's exactly what's going on. But 
So you, if that does come to fruition, <laughs> that is kind of uh, that will be a major change within society. Or could it be a meteor? Could it be a super volcano in Yellowstone Park? All these things are very real things. Solar flares knocks out half the world's communications. Things that we count on every day. Not just count on, things that we need to survive. What if it is cloning? And they're like, well, we have the capability to clone, but we're only going to clone one person. But we're going to clone 700,000 of this one person. <laughs> and that's going to be our test. We're gonna, this is our test run. We're going to clone one person, and it's going to be 700,000 people of this one person. Same person. And what if the deciding factor was we're going to clone the mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot? I think she would be a fine candidate. We could put her in all positions the way that 2020 is going. I always feel like somebody's watching me. You know, everybody's paying attention. Are you wearing a mask? Are you not wearing a mask? Oh, my God, he's outside not wearing a mask. He's, he's, he's playing catch with the sun outside. Oh, my God, that's terrifying. Oh, my God, these two kids are on their scooters riding around the neighborhood. It's terrifying. People should be in their fucking houses doing nothing and barely breathing. Get on your device. Get on your computer. Spend, spend money on Amazon. Do some online shopping like everybody else. Drink some beer, wine, get boozed the hell up. Forget what the hell is going on. And then we can all just, you know, have a good time. You know, but if there were 700,000 Lori Lightfoots around, we'd all be in order. Nobody would be going to the store. Everybody would be wearing their masks. There'd be no question. Because in her own words... I wanted to have the actual audio of her voice, but we will arrest you and we will take you to jail, period. This is in the midst of the pandemic where there were people apparently gathering in the city of Chicago and throwing parties, not to take it out of context. I mean, that's the kind of heavy foot, I mean, light foot that we need running our cities Defund the police. And you know what? I looked it up. I did a little bit of research. I didn't just come up with a 700,000 uh, person clone number out of the blue. I did a little bit of research and I figured, okay, how many law enforcement was employed? And this was a statistic from 2019 in the United States. And the number was just under 700,000. So she, we could defund the police, get rid of everybody. And We'll have 700,000 Lori Lightfoots running around all the cities all over the U.S. in every police department. What do you guys think about that? You guys on board? Who knows? Maybe that's the kind of fuckery that 2021 has. What if there was a combination like CRISPR where there's a genetic modification in conjunction with cloning of some of the most? What if they've been working on it for years and it's like breeding a dog? You know, or creating a new breed of dogs where it's a continual evolution of crossbreeding and mixed breeding. And oh, we want a miniature pincher, so we're going to just breed this tiny ass dog with this pincher. I don't know how the fuck it worked, but it's years of modification. So what if we're already to that point behind the scenes where something is going to go wrong? I don't know. I don't have a good feeling about the future, but not to be all doom and gloom here. I don't know. Maybe we could focus on something a little bit more positive. Like, how many people have died from COVID-19? Hey, Alexa, how many people have died from COVID-19? 
if I set off your Alexa, it's probably in your best interest to get that demon machine out of your house. I thought it was kind of funny. My mom listens to the episodes. She said, you're on your 33rd episode? How many episodes are you going to do? What is there to talk about? <laughs> I did think that it was kind of a strange question. Like, is she insinuating? Uh, maybe you better quit this whole podcast thing. She just started listening and she's like, well, how many are you going to do? <laughs> But I do appreciate her listening, and she's always been supportive, so I wanted to say, Hi, Mom. Hope you enjoy the episode. She's probably not the biggest fan of the show because of my potty mouth, but she is my favorite fan. Like this journey right here. Let me take you on a journey real quick. So last Friday, I was high as fuck. Sorry, Mom. And I wanted something to watch just for a short amount of time. I just got done watching three seasons over time of Ash vs. Evil Dead. But it's an amazing show. This is the second time that I've seen all three seasons, but I haven't seen it in several years. So it was a really good just binge watch. On a 1 to 10 entertainment level of comedy slash horror, it's, it's a 10. Bruce Campbell is amazing. Sam Raimi, the director, his cinematography and his angles and his vision is just amazing. It's over-the-top gore, <laughs> blood, acting, and cheesiness, especially with Bruce Campbell in it, man, and just even the other actors and actresses in there just do a phenomenal job. But I, every episode, they're just covered in blood. It's over-the-top gore because they're fighting demons. Ash, or Bruce Campbell, has a chainsaw for a hand, so he's constantly cutting limbs off, and it's just projectile blood. And by the end of every episode, they're all covered in blood. So it's <laughs> massive gore, but it's entertaining. It's funny. They have jokes. It's not meant to... When you have gore to that extent, to that level, it's not like realistic anymore. Once you bring it past a certain level, it becomes more of a comical effect. <laughs> I don't know. That's the theory, but it certainly is over the top. But I'm feeling mellow. I'm high as fuck. I want to watch something chill. So I turn on Our Planet. And I was blown away. If you watch this and feel nothing, you're a goddamn sociopath. The footage of land and animals is freaking breathtaking. And I'm not being funny here. I watched Forest and then the first episode, One Planet. The drone footage of the landscapes, they're painterly, surreal. Uh, the footage of the animals, like the S Siberian tiger. I don't know if it was the condition that I was in, but I was feeling a connectivity between the herds of caribou going through the snowy mountains and the wolves chasing them and newts and the mating structures of birds and different habits of different creatures and the whole environment around them and the symbiotic relationship between nature and animals and animals between different animals and different species as well as our disturbance that we put on both of them. And we create these disturbances, I think, just through modern technology. There's so many people on this planet. Not to say that we need to depopulate or anything. Maybe not a bad idea, Bill Gates. Just kidding. But there is, we, we run in a different, we're not living off the land. We don't create, we don't really create that symbiosis with nature that nature has with itself in the forest, with the animals, with everything that goes on and takes place. But talk about perspective on the greatest aspects of life and the uniqueness of nature and our opportunity to experience all of this. This is what this documentary did to me, man. And I have 
like six more of them to watch. But it could be said that the most beautiful thing could be life itself. Maybe not anything physical at all, but the experience. And I'm going to get all cliche on you and say, that's why everybody says it's about the journey, not the destination. What if we were brought up from the beginning in a more of a tribal, natural, very minimal technology, basic tools, it's just to help the basic survival. <laughs> Maybe not as far as like caveman, you know, caveman, cavewoman, somewhat civilized. Having that connection with nature and continually feeding back into nature, not only just taking that might be a topic for another day. I think I, I think about that stuff all the time, though, how fascinating that might be and what kind of different um, admiration you might have for life rather than going through the daily grind and you might be at a dead-end job. You might hate your job. Hopefully you love your job. Hopefully everybody loves their job and everybody is doing what they should be doing because we spend so much time doing this. But what if all that time that you were spending at your job was required to do things for basic survival? You know, why not? And then you're enjoying nature. You're living off the land. There's a connectivity. And having that connection with nature, once again, I think we're too far removed. We are never going to see that. It's unsustainable at this point with the amount of people that are living on this planet. So ultimately, what I'm trying to say, I suppose, is that we're all pussies. We're soft from our advanced removal from nature through tech and civilization. I see this as both positive and negative, just like anything because it's unsustainable, uh, I believe. And, you know, we need these things to just continually advance and progress. And we are creators. We are a species of creation. We want to create. And once we create, there's more. There's always more and more. And we're a species of more. But don't ever be so far removed that we don't occasionally take a breather and consider the fact of fundamental existence the very fundamentals of our well-being and how beautiful everything can be around us, both in its simplest and most complex forms. How humbling and frightening is the thought that from the universe there is a galaxy down to the solar system provided perfect conditions for life on at least one planet that we know of, gone through millions of years of evolution and extinction, rebirth, life in multiple forms and species, coexisting on a living ball, geographically reshaping over time, in which evolves humanity, now thrust into the age of exponential growth and civilization, and here we are. And Bill Gates wants to shove a fucking microchip in your arm. <laughs> and be sure to check out our planet. And beforehand, get high as fuck. As always, hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to like this video. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the channel with turn notifications on, all that good stuff. We'll see you next time. Take care.